Welcome to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. Combating Woke Inc.'s takeover of sports. All right, break! Red Pill Sports Podcast. Sports done right. Hey, welcome to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. We'll be kicking off the Facebook Live here in just a moment. Uh, you'll be able to catch the podcast here in a little bit, but we're on Facebook Live, or the Facebook Live here in a little bit. Uh, but man, we're so glad to have you on our inaugural journey of the Red Pill Sports Podcast, combating the wokeism that is proliferating all the way through sports. Got a great show lined up for you tonight for the very first time. So thankful that you've joined us. Uh, hang on, we're getting ready to dive right in here in just a moment. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, welcome to the Red Pill Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Doc Washburn uh, family of podcasts. We're so thankful that you're here tonight, and uh, we're going to be having a, a great time. And uh, what we hope to do is really bring some uh, some some balance to to sports. I've noticed that over the years, uh, especially in the I guess since Kaepernick. Uh, and the kneeling thing of what's and then Black Lives Matter. I've watched this thing really explode the wokeism, and now you have so many of these athletes that are commentators and so forth. Uh, Brian and Penny, Cindy, good to see you guys here tonight. I'm Donnie Copeland. I'm going to be the uh, host of Red Pill Sports, and again, this is uh, kind of a offshoot of the Doc Washburn Show. Doc will still be doing his show every single day. And I'll be doing this on uh, Tuesday evenings. Uh, you can catch it on Facebook Live. And, uh, and then uh, also you can catch it on the podcast anytime that you, you wish. So uh, uh, and just like you can the Dot Washburn Show. Be a few technical things. I'm doing it all here from my palatial home studios. Uh, you see the Cubs uh, logo in the back. I need to explain for you Cardinal fans and Ranger fans or whomever. Uh, but my, my, uh, my seven-year-old grandson is Cub, and if you were to see this whole logo, it says Cub, apostrophe, yes, Cub's room. And so my wife had this room uh, designed and built uh, for uh, one of our grandchildren. The girls, they have a room that's customized for them. And uh, so uh, I thought, hey, what a, what a great background for a sports show, right? So thank you so much for making the time. I thank you for being here tonight, and I hope it uh, proves to be worth uh, you staying up and being a part of this, and I think it is. I think uh, last night's terrible, terrible. I was telling someone the other day, uh, or today actually, that in 61 years, uh, I've never seen anything like uh, what happened last night uh, in the Buffalo Bills and, uh, and Bengals game with DeMar Hamlin. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, and uh, what, what I'm going to try really hard to do on this uh, podcast slash Facebook Live uh, weekly is uh, bring some balance. So what I don't want to do is run the other way and, and just, you know, uh, and it would be justified with all the wokeism that is in sports today. But I, I don't want to do that. I also want to talk about sports. I want to talk about uh, sports itself, not just the politics of sports. Uh, so if you got a question, go ahead and drop it in. We'll we'll do our best. Uh, a lot of you are going to be just as knowledgeable, if not more knowledgeable. I'm a, I'm a sports fan. I like all sports. I, I will say this about uh, I've, the older I've gotten, I've I've uh, kind of leaned more toward football when football is over with. I'm kind of I'm not a big NBA fan except for the playoffs, and even then, I'm really not just with all the. Uh, the political baseball is a little too slow for me, but I love playoff baseball. I love daytime playoff baseball. Um, and so, anyway, we're going we're gonna to explore sports. We're gonna, and thank you to Dot Washburn for allowing me to do this. Uh, some of you may uh, recognize me from uh, me uh, sitting in for Doc from time to time. 
And, uh, but I appreciate uh, him allowed me to do this and be a part of, uh, of this and, uh, and allowed me to use this platform. So thank you again. I hope it wasn't too confusing for you. We do have some technology things to work out to separate the shows. Uh, but basically, we are uh, a show that is a part of the Doc Washburn uh, podcast family. Uh, so uh, I'm one of, the, uh, one of the investors with the Doc Washburn show. And uh, I'd asked Doc and, and the other invest, investors uh, about doing the show. They, they thought it was a great idea. Doc signed off on it first. And so I'm really excited and very thankful uh, for his support and thankful for your support. Uh, but I want to dive right into this DeMar Hamlin thing. You know, uh, and, and this is the problem with uh, wokeism, okay? Um, I know there was a few people jumped on, and, and I'll just be honest. As soon as I saw it happen, I was watching the game uh, with my family, and uh, I saw the hit, and I thought, well, it looked like he got caught under the neck and maybe snapped his head back, and I thought, you know, maybe it's a spinal cord injury or neck injury. Uh, but, but when we start talking about it, and, and uh, I have two, actually two daughter-in-laws who are RNs, and one of them was there uh, as we were watching the game. I said, yeah, but if it was spinal cord injury, probably – you know, unless it disjointed after he stood up, it probably wasn't that. And then the more that went on, we realized, you know, when he just fell out, uh, that it was actually, and then we found out today, it was actually uh, uh, cardiac arrest. Um, and I heard just a few moments ago, right before we came on the air, that he had been revived on the field, which we had known that, but he also was revived, according to a family member, they revived him on the way to the hospital uh, so I think it was nine minutes of CPR and the AED, uh, the defibrillators there uh, on the on the field, and uh, I've, I've heard a few things. I'm not going to get into that because I don't know enough about it to to make a uh, to make a statement about it. But I have heard some things that sounds like uh, it's it's better news than worse news. I'll put it that way. I don't I don't think you know it's it's um, by any stretch is he out of the woods yet but i think it's much better and and just see the outpouring and man i'm so proud of the cincinnati Bengal fans i'm a you know louisiana native and so you know i've I've followed joe burrow's career at lsu and uh and of course i was you know pulling for the Bengals last night but i like the bills as well um and uh and, and, you know, to see how those Bengal fans, because, you know, people paid a lot of money. I mean, they paid hundreds of dollars. A lot of them probably was the only game they ever, uh, or they'd get to go to for the whole year. You know, it was kind of like vacation to them uh, because, you know, it's very expensive. And just how people handled it was was really remarkable. And, and i tell you what it did more than anything. It, it helped you realize, and I said this today, I was speaking at a, uh, at a funeral uh, for someone, uh, an elderly person who had passed away. And uh, I said, you know, and I even referenced the, the game last night. I said, what it, what this event today, talking about the funeral, and then that event last night reminded us of, of how unimportant so many things are in life uh, and, and what really is important is health and family and, and those things. And uh, I know you're praying. I'm certainly praying. And, and I've heard a few people, you know, kind of say, well, they need to say prayers, not thoughts. But uh, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to be too hard on people because sometimes people, when they say thoughts, they mean prayers. But I'm, I'm certainly thinking about De, uh, uh, DeMar Hamlin, <coughs> but uh, excuse me, but certainly praying for him as well. But as soon as he fell out, uh, I, I ha- have to be honest, I thought it's the jab. Yeah, I mean that was that was my first uh, inclination, and then today I got a. I don't know if any of you follow Alex Berenson. If you don't, you need to go to Substack. He was a former New York New York Times writer, and uh, I hadn't got to listen to Doc's show today. We were talking earlier, and he said, "Man, sorry, I jumped a shark a little bit on you on the Demar Hamlin thing." I said, "No, no, don't worry about it. You know, there's plenty there to talk about. I'm going to probably go different angle than you, so uh, and and he'll do a better job on it than me anyway, but." Uh, you know, uh, Alex Berenson was talking about this, um, uh, the thing, I think it's, what is it, commodio uh, cordis, uh, which is really blunt force trauma to the chest. 
and the thing about this blunt force trauma to the chest phenomenon is that the the heart has to be at the exactly perfect uh, place rhythm rhythm wise for for this to uh, affect the the rhythm of the heart uh, according to the article that I read today and and what has exacerbated this and to rugby this is actually in a uh, a journal of uh, heart medicine, a European journal of heart medicine that was cited that two rugby players have died. Uh, one died for sure, uh, maybe both, but I know one died for sure from blood force trauma and died instantly just, just like DeMar Hamlin did. But thankfully, DeMar Hamlin, uh, the people rushed out immediately and started working on him. Um, and, and I think that may end up being his, his saving grace and, of course, you know, God's hand being upon him. But uh, the, 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 the point Alex Berenson was making was we don't know what happened. And I see people on Twitter. Uh, I've not heard a lot, and I don't listen to a lot of uh, or any news uh, to speak of. I just read headlines and, and just catch sketches because I just I can't bear to listen to it. Um, and, but, uh, I didn't hear a lot of, no, it wasn't the, the, the jab. It wasn't the vaccine, but I have seen a lot on Twitter and I'm sure you have on Facebook as well saying, don't say that it was, uh, the jab. Uh, well, okay. Uh, we won't say it was the jab if you won't say it wasn't the jab, right? I mean, that's only fair because neither one of us know. So I'm not going to go on, uh, that was my first reaction. I have to be honest. But I didn't go on Twitter, and I'm not saying I know for sure that's what it is because I have no idea, and neither do the people who saying it's not. Uh, but here's what we do know, and here's a fascinating thing that you may not have known, and this goes to a bigger point, and this is really what we're going to get into on Red Pill Sports Podcast, uh, is about the wokeism in sports. We're going to talk about sports. We're going to talk about the uh, NFL playoffs. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, college football and the and the, the championship with TCU in Georgia, uh, those types of things. Um, but but mo- mostly we're going to talk about the wokeism and, and uh, give you an alternate uh, opinion, an alternate viewpoint, because you get bombarded constantly with this, uh, you know, just, just garbage uh, about, you know, uh, wokeism and... and uh, and, and, and here's the problem. The real problem is this. The real problem is, just like with DeMar Hamlin, uh, you know, we don't need to say it was the jab. We know it was the jab. Even though, uh, you know, if something sounds like a duck, walks like a duck, uh, and then you're seeing so many young people die prematurely or at least have major, major heart issues. And that's what this European Heart Journal uh, article or study actually brought out was this the, uh, that scarring of the heart when there is blunt force trauma to the chest uh, around the heart area. And if there is extreme uh, myocarditis, and that's, that's what it is, scarring of the heart, uh, if there is extreme scarring of the heart, then the heart is much more susceptible uh, to this uh, arrhythmia, uh, arrhythmia. And so that's, uh, it's an underlying, but it's, it's you know, uh, it's there. And then, then, you know, then you see things like uh, people saying, well, there needs to be a uh, uh, some type of meeting of the NFL and look at the violence in the NFL. But this was this was not a violent hit. There's there would have been many more violent hits in that game that could have been much more detrimental. It wasn't the hit. And I've often said that, you know, probably uh, and I think it's 35 or so percent of injuries happen on kickoffs and, uh, and punts. And, and so I probably think, you know, uh, that, that's something if you want to really limit, uh, injuries in the NFL, um, and, and, and you can do it and not alter the game too much. That's probably somewhere where you'd want to notice or where you'd want to focus. But, you know, Ron Clark going on, uh, and saying, you know, the next snap, uh, in, in the NFL is going to be the scariest snipe, snap uh, in, in players' lives. Well, that's just ridiculous. Uh, and, you know, he's caught up in the emotion and he's trying to be super 
melodramatic and 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 I'm no doubt affected by a young man and and seeing just a horrific thing happen to him but it was not a, a football injury it was it was a heart attack it was heart failure now we don't know yet what caused that or why it happened but it wasn't violence in football yes football is violent that's it is but uh you know, rugby players have died. Soccer players have died. Uh, other players in other sports have died. You know, uh, basketball players, uh, you know, have died not from this blunt force trauma, but have died of heart uh, ailment, you know, on, on the floor. So this had nothing to do with the violence of the sport. Um, and so uh, I think my biggest takeaway uh, as we kind of will will – shift gears here in just a moment. My biggest takeaway for for this story is this, uh, and I think this is the overlying. Uh, th- this is where, this is the slippery slope, is back when uh, Kaepernick knelt, uh, you, you know, okay, he knelt, and that was his right to kneel, uh, but you and I have the right to say, you know, that's insulting. And then his employer, the football team, the San Francisco 49ers at the time, uh, had the right to say, you can't do that. He has the right to kneel, but he, he doesn't have the right to kneel as a 49er if they don't want him to. And obviously, in being from San Francisco and being a San Francisco team, they probably, I don't know, but they could have been fine with it. I have no idea. I don't remember and didn't look that up. Excuse me. But with that being said, the real problem, not just in sports, but in society in general, is this, and you know this well, you've experienced it, you've seen it, is you can't offer an alternative opinion uh, or a dissenting opinion without being labeled a racist, like Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is racist on its face. Because it's it's saying it's inferring that only Black Lives Matter it doesn't say that it doesn't say just Black Lives Matter, but it says Black Lives Matter. And so someone comes back, even Black people said, no, all lives matter. And people said, well, that's racist. You can't say that. You know, we're not focused on that. And and so the the real problem is is ESPN, Fox Sports, or FS1, or uh, which is Fox Sports. Uh, any of these uh, sports uh, programming outlets are controlled by the media. And listen, the, or not by the media, but by corporations. And corporations are the real proponent of wokeism uh, at this time anyway. That's where, uh, that's where the real culprit is, is in corporate America. That corporate America has just lost their mind. Uh, when you look at commercials and you look at, you know, there's rainbows everywhere and there's transgenders everywhere. Uh, and and the, the thing is, you can't say anything or you're not supposed to say anything uh, in opposition of that. The, the guy that's swimming as a girl and just destroying girls and breaking records left and right. Well, but if you say that, you know, it's not right for a guy to be competing against girls. But here's what's going to happen. Uh, and that is, and I noticed that the one of the boxing federations, there's so many now, I can't keep up with them, but one of the box federations, and this will tell you everything you need to know, and you may not or you may have already heard about this, but one of the boxing federations has now created a division. You have the welterweight, the lightweight, flyweight, heavyweight. Well, now they have the transgender uh, uh, whatever uh you know, it's not a weight class, but the Transgender Boxing Association. You know why they did that? Because if you put guys in the ring with girls boxing, they would kill them. They would, they would, they would seriously hurt them. And so that right there tells you everything you need to know. That tells you that those are dudes uh, in there in the ring with, 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 with girls, uh, with, with female males in the ring with, with, with uh, females. Uh, the MMA, which is on its face, is much more conservative than the other uh, the other sports uh, uh, outlets. Uh, the NHL just lost their mind. I mean, they have a transgender 
sporting. Uh, they too, like boxing, have a transgender league. And the reason they have transgender games is because, again, if you put girls into or, or females into uh, with with males or you put males in with females, somebody's going to get killed because of the difference in strength and 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 all uh, that that goes into it that anybody with any common sense knows. So if you really want to see uh, the reality and see that they know what the reality is, is look at places where people could get really uh, really terribly injured or, or killed and you'll see they're not going there because of the liability. Because there's one thing that they do uh, understand and that is the bottom line and profit and liability. They definitely understand those things. But but going back to the DeMar Hamlin situation and, and I want us, you know, as a community here, the Dot Washburn Show and then now the Red Pill uh, podcast, uh, I want us to you know, as you already have been doing, I've been praying for him as you have all day long and just praying for his mom and praying for his family. His, his, I believe he has a little girl and praying, just praying for his entire family. <clears throat> and so, uh, but uh, the, the problem is, is not being able to say anything that doesn't follow the narrative. And, and therein is the problem. Now, some people will say, oh, well, you Trumpers, you know, y'all, y'all won't, uh, you know, you, you want to blame it on, 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 the, on the jab. Well, if I remember right, uh, Donald Trump was in office when the jab was, was put out there. As much as I, I, I think, other than Ronald Reagan, or maybe even more so than Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump's the best president in my lifetime, and I'm 61 years of age. Uh, but, but yet I'll sit here and say Donald, one of the, the biggest mistake Donald Trump had made, two biggest mistakes, was the vaccine and then the people that he put around him. So, uh, so this is no defense of Donald Trump. It's actually an indictment of Donald Trump, if anything. Uh, and see, here's the thing, and, and I, I tweeted this out today. Uh, see, we don't have the production budget. You, you look at what I've got here. You know, I don't have the production budget of an ESP and I don't have six producers. I don't have, you know, all the things that, that, you know, and people that can do social media for me full time and on and on and on. But I tell you something I do have and that you have that they don't have. And it's called objectivity to be able to look at both sides of a situation and say, Hey, that, that could be it, but it also could be this. It could just as well be this as it is this. And so, uh, that's, you know, that's where we are. And uh, I, I'm just so thankful that you, you're joining us here tonight. We're going to be here uh, for probably another hour, maybe 45 minutes, something like that. We're going to go into a little bit of sports. Uh, I do want to talk about some of this overarching um, uh, reluctance to, to go into the narrative. And so uh, I, want to, I, I want to talk about that some uh, tonight. But I want to thank uh, Red River Auto Group. Uh, Red River, your way uh, is their online uh, business, but redriverautogroup.com, redriverautogroup.com. Thank you to Mitch Ward and Red River Auto Group. Listen, if you're looking for a, a new or used car, any make, any model, Red River Auto Group can take care of you. Dodge, Ford, Toyota, that they've got them all, and uh, they can help you. So redriverautogroup.com. Tell them that the Red River, uh, or Red River, the Red Pill, uh, sports podcast uh, and the Dot Washburn show sent you. Uh, if you're looking for a car for your uh, graduate, you're looking for a car for maybe yourself, uh, and make sure that you let them know. Also, want to say thank you to the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, uh, Doctors Crabtree, uh, both of them for their tremendous support uh, to the Red Peel uh, Sports Podcast. Also to the Dot Washburn show. Uh, they're located up in Searcy, and if you ha- are suffering from migraines, backaches, leg pain, uh, nerve damage, uh, make an appointment, get a free evaluation at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center. You can just go to turnmypoweron.com, uh, and they'll take care of you. 
And uh, we got a couple of new sponsors, MyPillow, and uh, we're so thankful for Mike Lindell and all he has meant. Uh, MyPillow.com. Make sure you put in the code word DOC, D-O-C, MyPillow.com. Go there, uh, get a pillow. In fact, I'm getting ready to order me a pillow from there, from MyPillow. They have sheets. They have uh, uh, now have coffee. And so uh, uh, I... I and they're creating uh, my store, which is a lot of things there. So uh, mypillow.com, make sure you put in the code word DOC. We'll have a red pill uh, uh, code word uh, in the coming weeks. But right now, just use the code word DOC. Uh, that will work. So uh, we're very thankful to them. Also, Switch to America is one of our sponsors as well. So we're so thankful for each and every one of these. Uh, but let's dig back into... Um, the uh, the world of sports, and I, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the overarching, and and I want to I'm going to go on eggshells here because I I see we have males and females in the audience, uh, and I, I want to talk about something that probably may even make some of you mad, uh, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay it out there, um, and and that is. If you'll notice something in, and I'm going to make a point, so you stay with me. Don't don't leave me, okay? Because I'm going to make a point here uh, that I think you'll you'll uh, at least you can uh, entertain the thought, okay? And and that is, have you noticed on uh, basketball, uh, more basketball, football, uh, less baseball, but but it's starting to become more and more. But on all your pre uh, pre-game shows, all your post-game shows, all your halftime shows. Uh, you have a female, and the female is not just a part of the show. She is the moder- moderator. And then your players, guy that's, guys that played 10, 15, 20 years, are commenting, and she's moderating. Um, now, I, I, again, I, I want to be careful here, but I think this is part of uh, the wokeism, uh, because uh, if if listen, if you're talking about something that is female dominated, uh, I don't want to hear a man's opinion about it. Just bottom line, I probably don't want to hear much about it at all. But I certainly don't want to hear a man's opinion about it. He didn't know anything about it. Uh, and if it's women's softball, hundred percent, all women, women uh, referees, women. Uh, commentators, you know, 100%. That, it's women's sports. Women's basketball, same thing. Uh, but football, that is that is not played by women, uh, to me it's just demeaning when, uh, uh, you know, these men sit there as, as, as the woman opines about it and, and the men just sit around and then they, they, they comment. But here's the point I want to make, so just hang with me here, okay? Because... Uh, and, and again, especially this audience, because you, you're very astute and, and you're very knowledgeable and you know what I'm getting ready to say is 100% the truth. And that is um, that the media is controlled by the corporations. Contro- corporations control politics. So what you see in politics is really a reflection of the media and of culture. And what the culture tends to do is pick its next favorite um, subgroup uh, for that situation. Okay, So you have your overall subgroup, which right now the hot commodity is transgenders. Can we, can we agree? Uh, go on any uh, ad. Now, this happens slowly. It's like a drip. Okay, uh, Go back 10 years ago, and what you will see 10 years ago was and more more like five years ago was you would see more and more homosexuals uh, jewelry commercials two women two men uh, in jewelry commercials now think about this with me for just a moment that uh, and I'm making a point uh, a sports point here so stay with me and and that is um, in the jewelry commercials ten years ago or let's say five years ago and especially in pharmaceuticals. Uh, and retail, uh, and, and in uh, va- the vacation industry, 
it's it's really really uh, prominent. Uh, and then all your reality shows just bled into those now, uh, and and so you have uh, that it was you know two men kissing, two women. But at first, uh, back up seven years ago, there would be two women, and you couldn't figure out if they were friends or or, or something else. And then it, it see it's a drip, and then it's a little bit. Now you can say, "Oh man, he's just an old fogey, you know, backwards redneck, whatever." But go back and look at it. Don't don't take my word for it. Go back and look at it. Uh, and it was two women. And he's like. You know, they seem really friendly, but, you know, girls go to the bathroom together and they, you know, they, they're much more touchy-feely than, than men. But then later, you know, uh, what, five or six years ago, you go, oh, no, I think that might be a little more than, you know, her friend. I think that might be something more. And then it's just full on and they're hugging and kissing and, you know, men and men and women, women. Okay. So that was the, that was the latest, greatest, uh, but a year or two ago, I don't know exactly when that changed, didn't it? And, and no longer the the women, two women, two men, uh, it's still very prominent. But but they're not the star of the show anymore. Now it's transgenders, and now it's uh, the reality shows are not two men, two women. They they are there. They still have them. Uh, but no, the latest shows and the latest contestants and the latest. Uh, people that are put on the stage are uh, the transgenders. And uh, it's a man uh, pretending to be a woman or a woman pretending to be a man. Uh, and and right in the thick of this, in the middle of this, is Walt Disney uh, and um, ESPN, which is owned by Walt Disney. So what we're talking about in sports is in the very center of the culture uh, is Walt Disney the most uh, influential uh, brand when it comes to children than any other by far? Uh, and then sports by extension. Uh, and so you have this... Uh, uh, I was watching a uh, cartoon. When it was a movie. Uh, and And there was a woman in the in the movie that was looked like a man and she was super strong and you know she's stronger than everybody else but she was a woman but she had big broad shoulders and big you know arms like a you know offensive tackle or defensive tackle uh and and all of that if you'll just notice and look uh but see you're not supposed to say any of that you're not supposed to you're not supposed to talk about that, but but we need to talk about it. Uh, and uh, you know, ESPN can say what they want to say, and they can do what they want to do. Uh, they can, you know, they can give uh, Bruce Jenner the uh, correct Author Ash Award a couple years ago, uh, and you had you had Dale Hughley, you had other. Uh, people saying that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You have a man dressing like a woman, and he wins the 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 Arthur Ashe Award for for courage, and 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 they just got exact. They just got lambasted for for saying that. Well, who was that? Who started? That was ESPN. ESPN gave him the, you know, the Arthur Ashe Award for being so courageous. And and Dale Hughley said he said. You you gave him the award for being for putting on a dress, a man putting on a dress, um, and so thank you. I had to wet my whistle. Um, that just reminded me of that guy. Is it Geico commercial or Progressive, where the people call it John Hancock, and the guy says, "Just call it your signature." Well, I had to take a drink, but you know, old people would say, "Wet your whistle." So, uh, becoming your parents, right? That's the commercial. So, right in the middle of all this is the ESPN. So, it's no wonder. That, but my point about the the women, and, and I didn't mean to make anybody mad, but the point I was making, listen, uh, you know, 
I, I, I don't like turn it off and have a, I just think it's, it's just, it's like if a bunch of women are sitting around talking about, um, I don't know what women talk about. And I come in the room and I start throwing in my two cents and they're all like, would you go away? You know, shoo, shoo. Uh, and they should. Uh, and this, it's the same way about football. And I feel like every time I'm watching Booger McFarlane and other people standing around and Randy Moss and some woman's drawing it on, it's like, you know nothing about this. Last night was a great example. Uh, the lady, and I can't recall her name, was talking to Booger McFarlane, and I think it was Ian. I don't remember the other guy. And and Booger McFarlane was just basically said everything, but would you shut up about that? You know, because she kept asking when the game was going to be played. Nobody cared about when the game was going to be played. They didn't even know if this guy's going to live or not. Um, and so, uh, but but my point is not that I don't like women in the sport. It's the reason they've inserted them uh, in the broadcast booth because it's to, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's wokeism. It's, it's woking. But here's what I want you to see. Here's the point. took me 15 minutes to get to it. But here's the point I wanted to get to. Just like the pharmaceutical companies, just like uh, the vacation companies, Expedia, all of them, uh, you know, really elevated homosexuals back in the day, now it's transgenders. Guess what's coming next to uh, the the broadcast booth? It's not going to be women. Uh, it may There may be some different uh, alliterations before they get there, uh, but, but I promise you uh, that's not their end game. It never stops. It never stops. Um, it, it's, it's always pushing the envelope. It, it's not about the game. It's about it's, it's not about just you know talking about the game. Uh, and you saw that back when, you know, Colin Kaepernick was kneeling. It's like, man, I don't care about Colin Kaepernick. I don't care about how he feels about the military, you know. Um, uh, you know, I just want to watch a football game. I don't I – don't w- uh, sports used to be our escape from politics. And that's one reason I didn't even want to do this show because sports was the one place you could go. You go to the sports page and not get inundated with politics. And by the way, I'm I'm almost sick of politics. I'm uh, you know I follow the things about the country. I I try to keep up. I hope Kevin McCarthy is not voted in as the speaker. I think he will be, uh, but I don't want him to be. I, I don't I don't care who they get. Somebody said, well, they're gonna mess around and get a Democrat. It won't be any different. It it won't be a dime's worth of difference than Kevin McCarthy. I can tell you that. Uh, no matter what they tell you. But but by far and large. Uh, sports was my one escape from politics. I don't have to listen to it now. Every time I go there, it's it's some wokeism. It's some you know agenda. It's something you know. All the NBA players are wearing you know um, uh, Black Lives Matter, which is so um, is. And again, we're going to talk about uh, you know other things here, but I do want to get this off my chest. You know, Black Lives Matter just permeated the NFL. Black Lives Matter permeated the uh, uh, the NBA. And for any of us to say, you know, that that's racist, they call us racist. Uh, and uh, the, the bottom line is, uh, I truly believe all lives matter, not one life over another, not. And plus, Black Lives Matter as an organization is a scam. It is a. It has been proven to be a nothing but a scam. Uh, but but the bottom line is, you had the NFL, you had the, and predominantly the NBA is really pushing the Black Lives Matter. Uh, and then you had the Ungers, or the Uyghurs. Right? I'm sorry, the Uyghurs. Uh, the, that's the that's the Chinese uh, population that is enslaved in China making the, the cleats and making the tennis shoes for the guys wearing the Black Lives Matter. And so you had people who were being treated, uh, not, not treated like slaves, who are slaves in China. Uh, and then when uh, Cantor brought that out, Enos Cantor, who played for the Celtics, brought that out, 
he was excoriated and was, was, you know, I mean, just made out to be this horrible person because he spoke the truth. Here was a little Bron James talking about, you know, Black Lives Matter, and he's wearing Nike uh, uh, basketball shoes that were made by the Uyghurs, uh, you know, by slave labor in China. Uh, and so the hypocrisy. But, you know, again, if, if liberals didn't have and progressives and the Uniparty, all of them, if they didn't have a double standard, they'd have no standards at all. Hey, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the upcoming. Let's talk about the bowl games. I don't know if you watched any of those. Uh, there was a bad injury uh, in the LSU-Purdue game. There was a young man that was, um, that was uh, injured pretty severely. First thought he, uh, they took him off in an ambulance or in a cart at least. I thought he had maybe a uh, neck injury, but I just got a report tonight that he's fine. Uh, he's going to be okay. I think it was probably a stinger, uh, and it presents itself like spinal cord injury as far as the effects, but but he's he's fine, a neck injury. Um, it's a couple things that I've noticed this year that I really don't like in – uh, uh, in in college football. Uh, now, I've always been an advocate for what I didn't like was when guys would score a touchdown they couldn't celebrate. And I think that's just, you know, I think they need to lighten up there. What I don't like is the taunting. Now, the NFL has really clamped down on the taunting. And I'm talking about standing over a guy after he's been hurt uh, or, you know, just like this kid was hurt, the Purdue player. And I'm an LSU fan because I'm from there. And here's the LSU player, you know, of course he didn't know he was hurt as bad as he was, but he still shouldn't have been over him taunting, and he should have had a flag thrown on him. And I've seen numerous cases this year where a player in a real pivotal moment probably should have had a, a flag thrown, but I don't like that taunting. I don't, I don't you know, and I'm, I'm pretty thick-skinned. I'm like, hey, man, they're big boys. Let them do what they want to. But especially when someone's down, when someone, you know, I, I just think that's, I think the gamemanship needs to be to a, to a higher level, a higher level. The second thing uh, that I I really have grown to detest, and I think it's I think it's not balanced, and that is the uh, when a play, when a, a runner uh, gets slowed down and all but stopped, and it may still be a little bit of forward progress. I'm talking about in football now, and uh, the whole line starts pushing him. Well, the the other team can't push him back, but they can push him forward, and you've seen it where they'll push somebody four, five, six, seven yards and then eventually push them into the end zone or push them past the line of the game, the first down line. And uh, I think they got to get control of the taunting. I think they got to get control of the uh, – uh, of the forward progress issue. I think those are two things. Just I, I didn't even have those written down to talk about tonight, but they were just things that uh, bother me. The NBA, the, one of the main things about the NBA, I just really, really, and it's, it's why one of the things is the politics of the NBA. I can't watch it. The second thing is is star treatment of, of uh, by the referees of players, and I think it's just it's just deplorable. That you know, star players—they're going to always get the call when they're shooting. Uh, you know, they traveling, uh, whatever else. Uh, and so, uh, I think that's something. I am uh, pretty impressed with the lack of uh, violence. Not not how rough the sport is in football, basketball, uh, and I know there's been some alter- a few altercations. Uh, but but I've been overall pretty surprised actually uh, how the lack of violence has taken on. I think in the Mississippi State uh, uh, Illinois game there was a, a fight at the end, uh, which was pretty. <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry, and I know I've got this mic on and probably killing the ears of the people on the podcast, so I apologize for that. Not as bad for the people on the Facebook Live, but. Uh, Let's get to a couple of games that's coming up this weekend. One game that's fascinating to me is the Green Bay Packers uh, and the Detroit Lions are going to the Green Bay Packers. And I've, I've been a I've been a Green Bay fan for years. Uh, my first 
football jersey I ever had was a Bart Starr jersey. Uh, that is old. Uh, and I was just a little bitty kid in my defense. Uh, but I've been a Green Bay Packers uh, fan from a distance. I'm, I'm really a, a Cowboys fan because I lived there for years uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So you, it's hard to live there and not be a fan. Uh, I'm a Saints fan somewhat because I uh, was from there. Uh, and then uh, I, uh, Packers, you know, I, I just, I like football. Uh, but I, I love the, uh, I love the story of the Detroit Lions. I love how they've turned things around. Had a kind of bump in the road week before last, but last week they really came on and, and, uh, and, and put away, was it the, was it the Panthers maybe? Or Jaguars, I don't remember now who they played. Uh, I don't think it was either one of those, but they beat them convincingly. Uh, but that was uh, I was I was glad. No, the Vikings. They, they no no no. The Vikings is the one that came back and beat them uh, pretty bad. Uh, they, they were way ahead of the Vikings. The Vikings came back and beat them. I think it was on Thanksgiving Day, maybe. Um, but anyway, it was it was great to see that. Uh, and and I believe no, I think they have to have some help. But if they beat the Packers, uh, and then they get a little bit of help, they will make it to the playoffs. So I, I think that's a that's a great story there. Uh, a lot of the NFL in, NBA is more about personalities and stories uh, than it is about just pure team. Uh, I'm even though I live in Arkansas, uh, I really have not not ever. Because the Razorbacks were not very good for a long time under uh, Bielema and then Morris, but um, uh, I've, I've really grown to like Sam Pittman. I, I like him a lot. Uh, I, I would be fascinated to to see for you that are from Arkansas uh, what you think is, is the problem. It seems like there's been a lot of uh, a lot of uh, players uh, entering the portal, uh, and that's another thing. Uh, that I, I'd like to talk about at some time. We may touch on it a little bit here tonight. Uh, but I, I just wonder what's going on there. I, I'll give you my take uh, with with uh, Arkansas. Sorry, I had to get a little uh, touch of coffee there. Um, I, I think one of the things going on with Arkansas is the, uh, from what I understand, what I've heard, uh, and, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, 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 and I don't think it's, I don't think it's the boosters. I think the money's there. There's, there's definitely money in Northwest Arkansas. And, but I think it's Sam Pittman, just his age, uh, and his, uh, unwillingness to play the portal game. Uh, now I'm a staunch conservative. Uh, I'm, I'm right of, you know, a, a lot of the people that, uh, all the people that are in leadership. Um, but uh, one thing that I have often said is I, I don't think it's fair for these young men uh, to put their bodies on the line uh, and these universities make millions. Now, if the universities weren't making any money, uh, you know, and just the coaches were making money, I'd be fine with that. But the universities are making hundreds of millions, at least tens of millions of dollars. And then most of these, probably 99% of these players, will not play in the NFL. And so uh, I just think it's only right. I know when I was in the state legislature, the NIL, uh, the NIL legislation came up here in Arkansas, name, image, and likeness. And if I remember right, I actually vote, I think it didn't even make it out of committee. And I was on judiciary where it would actually it was was, and we had all the mucky mucks from. U of A, they didn't want it, of course, uh, but you know they didn't want that uh, the players could be uh, paid. Uh, but I didn't fully understand at the time; it was kind of just sprung on us last second. Uh, and uh, but the more I've looked at it, uh, man, I, I think players ought to be able to make everything they can make. Uh, I, I'm a little. Uh, I think there has to be something done with the transfer portal. The transfer portal is, uh, and here's the problem with the transfer portal. You've got guys like, uh, uh, was it J.R. Daniels? Uh, was it Georgia? Uh, then went to uh, Washington State, maybe, or Washington. 
but he's been to like four schools, I think. Literally, he's been to four schools in four years. I do think you have to uh, give a limit on how many times guys can transfer um, uh, or something there. Uh, and, and while I'm saying that, I'm thinking about coaches. Coaches can, you know, coach. They don't, but they could coach here and then go there and then do this and do that. So, uh, you know, I think that's that's a uh, that that's that's something that has to be looked at. But I, I you know, people says, oh, it's the end of the world. Players are getting paid. Well, uh, you know, newsflash: they've always been paid. They've been being paid for a long, long time. Um, probably, well, not probably, you know, players that I grew up watching in college, they were the, the, the best ones. And really, uh, something else about the portal that, that I've been hearing, and I got this from pretty, uh, pretty good sources, that uh, this idea that every player's making a million dollars or every player's making hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you're seeing some players like on – attorney commercials and so forth like that and for trucking companies and that type of thing it's typically in the in in the you know it's not even six figures it's it's five ten thousand dollars and then you have a few people that's making you know a a lot of the money i think the real problem is going to come in uh is the management of that and you see a lot of uh, universities are doing what they call a collective and the collective is basically they bring in the money and then they pay the players as a team uh, and then you have guys that are making their own deals but everybody from the university level uh, through the through the collective is making you know somewhat it's somewhat equitable uh, and, and the only reason I think that is uh, is a good thing. Uh, you know, I'm not for that in the open market. The only thing I think that is a good thing is uh, it uh, it brings a little bit more harmony in the locker room. However, uh, if you have a quarterback and he he's responsible for 30% of your offense, a wide receiver is responsible for another 30% of your offense, it only stands the reason those guys are going to make 60% of the money because they're producing 60% of the offense, uh, and then same thing on defense. So uh, I think, you know, there's a lot to be worked out. I've been amazed to watch how these universities are evolving, but I think a lot of Arkansas's problem is, from what I understand, Sam Pittman just says, uh, and this has been a lot of, uh, of uh, the, uh, let's see, um, oh, I, my mind just went blank, but the uh, Clemson coach, uh, uh, Debo, uh, is is saying, you know, that – or Dabo, I'm sorry, Dabo Sweeney, is saying, uh, I'm not going to pay players. I'm not going to – we're not going to do it, you know. But I, I think you're going to get left behind. It's kind of like well, I'm not going to throw the ball. Uh, if you don't throw the ball, you're not going to win. Uh, speaking of throwing the ball, let's talk about TCU – uh, and, uh, well, let's go back and talk about Ohio State and Georgia, Michigan, and TCU. Uh, I, I get so tickled, and and this could be just me, uh, and so you forgive me if I'm just rattling here, but uh, is it me or is the, the media just trying so hard? And I kind of get it because of you, you, USC, but, man, it's like the media tries so hard to get USC uh, in the playoffs every year, and Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, from what I understand about Ohio State and Michigan, it's their, uh, It's not necessarily the TV markets like it is USC. USC, the media is trying to get them in because of the L.A. media market, um, even though most people in, in L.A. are not USC fans. They, they, they have trouble drawing. They don't even fill up. Of course, Rose Bowl is a huge venue, but they don't fill up the, the Rose Bowl. Uh, they have trouble filling it up, so they it's not like they have a huge following, but it's uh, the the networks wanting that uh, that LA market for television uh, for advertisers. So, um, but it is it is just almost comical how the media tries so hard to get those huge fan bases of Ohio State 
and Michigan. And I knew from the beginning, I don't know about you, but I knew from the beginning, Ohio State, they, they actually surprised me, and, and I'll talk about that a little bit here when I talk about Ohio State-Georgia uh, game. Um, they actually surprised me how well they played, although I thought Georgia was highly overrated, and I'll tell you why here in a moment. But I want to go back to USC, Caleb Williams, uh, the quarterback for USC, winning the Heisman. Who didn't see that coming? Again, that's all about the L.A. market. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, and I don't think he's a, you know, he's a young guy. Let's, let's just give him a little bit of a break. Uh, but he's, you know, and I guess everybody, and I'm sure I was, you know, when I was 21 years of age, and, you know, especially somebody that popular and that, you know, accomplished, you, you, you know, you probably, all of us at 21 and that situation is unbearable. But he seems to be a little unbearable and not very gracious uh, in, in many regards. And, and if I'm wrong, then I'll, I'll come back on here and apologize. But it sure seems to be that way. But so I was, I was really, really pleased when Tulane beat them. Uh, the other day, or I guess it was the day before yesterday or yesterday. Uh, that was uh, that was yesterday, I believe. That was extra extra sweet. Uh, LSU winning, and then USC beating, and Arkansas winning, uh, and wherever you live, uh, winning if they won. Uh, but I, I thought Michigan. Uh, you know, I, I I didn't see them being that good. I thought TCU would beat them. I really did. I, I was shocked at how physical TCU was. Uh, and again, I think it's, I, I go back to the media and the media, you know, builds these narratives, man. Nobody can throw the ball like Ohio state. Nobody's as good as CJ Stroud and no one can run the ball like, uh, Michigan and no one's as strong and as big, excuse me, and as physical as, as Michigan. And, uh, and yet, you know, TCU hung with them. I mean, the tit for tat. And and they were probably actually more physical than than Michigan. Michigan gets down on the one yard line or the foot line and tries a you know uh, you know a Philly special down there, flipping the ball around and reverses and all kind of stuff. When man, you're you're Jim Harbaugh, you're Smash Mouth football. You know, man, just run the ball right down in their throat. But they couldn't, and that's why they didn't. So uh, that game didn't surprise me. What I did. Uh, you know, it kind of reverts back to the Big 12 and not playing defense. TCU played pretty decent defense all year uh, and had some moments where they were weak early in the year, but seemed like they had tightened it up. But, man, Michigan just was throwing the ball down the field, but then they couldn't stop TCU. So who saw that, that Michigan's offense could score at will, but TCU, uh, you know, could score just a little bit more? Um so that was a that was a really really entertaining game, as was the Ohio State Georgia game. Now let me talk about the Ohio State Georgia game. Um, I'm not an Ohio State fan. I'm not a Ryan Day fan uh, at all. Uh, uh, just like I'm not a Lincoln Riley fan uh, at all. Um, but I am a Mike Leach fan, and I hated to see that. I was really glad to see Mississippi State w- win for him. Um, so I, I thought that was good, um, but. The uh, Georgia, I heard somebody else say this. It was one of the commentators. But Georgia got exposed. And I tell you where they got exposed was in the LSU game when LSU threw for over 500 yards on them. And, uh, and so it was like, uh-oh. And I think Ohio State saw that and said, hey, we can stay with them. I, I think where Georgia made their mistake, Georgia all year has not been a smash-mouth football team. They've been on offense. They've been a spread it out you know, throwing the ball, run the ball some, but throw the ball a lot, a lot of misdirection, a lot of out on the perimeters, not a lot of uh, – they run the ball inside some, but they're not a smash-mouth, real, uh, you know, ground-and-pound type football team. Uh, and so they're actually very so, – so what that did with Ohio State was uh, them running the ball a lot I'm throwing the ball a lot and, you know, a a lot of high-octane offense and not burning a lot of clock because, uh, as you well know, when you don't run the ball and you throw the ball, every ball that's thrown out of bounds or every ball that's 
uh, an incompletion, the clock stops. But if you're running the ball, it never stops unless you run out of bounds or somebody calls timeout or somebody's injured. So if you're running the ball, the ball's, the, the clock is running all the time. If you're getting three and a third yards uh, every carry, that equals up to 10 uh, yards. And you can you, that's why teams can have 10, 15-minute uh, drives. And that's really what Georgia needed to do. And I think you're going to see Georgia do that in the championship game. They're going to pull it in, and they're going to run the ball. And what they're going to do is play take. – they're going to play keep away with TCU. I think they have to. I think if they get into a, a track meet with TCU, I think TCU can beat them. I really do. Uh, so I think you're going to see uh, Georgia. Uh, the second thing I think Georgia's got uh, – well, let me back up. On the Ohio State-Georgia game uh, – uh, something that I see that was uh, was happening on the Georgia uh, Ohio State game is Georgia all year is not uh, blitzed. They've just kind of played four man rush. They got great, you know, phenomenal defensive linemen, and so they can usually get in with four four uh, f- uh, four defensive linemen, and then they've got eight or seven guys uh, to defend, you know, the perimeter and then downfield. Uh, was they where they weren't getting to C.J. Stroud, so he was just back there throwing, and he could do what he wanted to. So they had to blitz, uh, and I think you're going to see that with TCU. They're going to have to. They're going to have to blitz if if they play four linemen and 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 seven back. Uh, TCU is going to pick them apart, and so I think they've got to. TCU's physical enough uh, to to give their. Uh, and I think they're creative and innovative enough uh, to give their quarterback time. So I think they're definitely going to have to. Uh, they're definitely going to have to blitz on defense, and then they're going to have to uh, do just the opposite on offense. They're going to have to get more uh, reckless, if you will, on defense. They're going to have to get less reckless on offense and play ball control just to keep the ball away uh, from. Uh, uh, from TCU because TCU can score at will. I don't know who you're picking for. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, I think Georgia's just too deep. I think it's the depth. You get this time of year, and think about this. The NFL plays, what, 18 games, then they play the playoffs. And this is a new development. Uh, they were playing 16 for years. Then they go to 17. Now they're at eight, week 18. Uh so now they're playing 18 games. That's a lot of football. Uh, and, and, you know, you have, you know, have uh, I, I, well, no, you have smaller rosters in the NFL. But now you're getting that many games in, the, uh, in college football for the teams that are still playing. And so you, you got teams now, TCU and Georgia, are on their, what, 15th, 16th game. They're, they're playing their 16th game. So where that where that shows up is a team like Georgia that it has unbelievable depth, and you got three guys deep that can play on the line. TCU's got probably just as good a defensive. Their number one lineman, offensive guard, is very comparable to Georgia's starting offensive, in, you know, right tackle. Let's say a right guard, but when you go to number two and number three on TCU. Versus number two, number three in the depth chart for Georgia, it's a whole different ball game. the The number three guy at Georgia is a four star. The guy that's third string at TCU is is a two star. So I think the depth at this stage of the year, uh, TCU had a real physical game. Uh, they're going to be beat up. So uh, I think Georgia just wears them down. Uh, I think TCU. Uh, has the ability uh, now? I think if I think if if Georgia tries to play track meet and just kind of their kind of their hubris, and I can see that with um, uh, with 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 Georgia just thinking they're you know bulletproof and say, hey, no, we're going to keep doing what we've been doing all year. Uh, I, I think if they try to you know match point for point with TCU, I think it could be a ball game. But I think the depth. You get to the third and fourth quarter, and it's going to be like a boxer that in the first few rounds can hang with a guy, but you get into those latter rounds and, you know, the wear and tear starts to show, and I think that's what's going to happen. Hey, I hope it's been a 
great night for you. We I've sur- certainly enjoyed it, and looking forward to being back here with you next Tuesday night. I'll be right back here next Tuesday night, at eleven o'clock. We'll do it all over again. All right, and uh, thank you again. Don't forget uh, our sponsors are uh, Red River Auto Group, uh, also uh, the Central Arkansas Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, and uh, Doctor Crabtree and Cersei. Doctors Crabtree, uh, both uh, he and his wife are doctors and do you a phenomenal job. My Pillow, uh, Switch to America. Uh, and uh, see, we had one more here. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. But uh, we're so thankful for you. Thank you for joining us. Don't uh, go to myredpillsports.com on Twitter. Go ahead and start following us over there. Uh, we'll be talking about some more things. Uh, you can go to our Patreon if you want to chip in a few bucks. We would love that. If you'd love to advertise on the show, we'd love to have you just shoot me an email, copeland.donny at gmail.com. We'd love to bring you on as a sponsor. Uh, and then if you just have a question or just want to talk, uh, just hit me up. We'd love to love to have you. Hey, so thankful that you joined us tonight. I'll see you back here uh, next Tuesday night, 11 o'clock, all right? God bless. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, that's going to do it. And uh, we'll talk to you here in uh, about a week. All right? Take care. You've been listening to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. Brought to you by the Doc Washburn Show Family of Podcasts. A Yetcher Media Company. 